Hey there, mama, and welcome back to the Moms Overcoming Overwhelm podcast, episode 18. I'm Emily McDermott, and I am here beside you on this journey as we work together to declutter your home, head, and heart. I hope you enjoyed last week's conversation with Julia Ubenga from Rich and What Matters about decluttering self-talk. The statistic that really blew me away is that we have 50,000 self-talk thoughts a day, 80% are negative and 90% are repetitive. I have definitely been in a negative self-talk loop in the past, and this episode really convicted me to be aware of my thoughts and hold the negative ones captive, especially as we kick off a new year. In episode 16, when I spoke about getting spouses on board with decluttering, I hinted that I would be speaking more to how we can get kids on board with decluttering too. Obviously, kids' ages, temperaments, and circumstances vary drastically, but there are some tips I have learned that I can't wait to share with you. Every moment we spend with our kids is a moment we can model our values and the values that are supported by a decluttered and simpler lifestyle, such as generosity and gratitude. These are definitely ones I want to pass down to my kids. So what do you say? Grab that notebook and pen, and let's dive into today's episode. Hey there, mama. Are you tired of all the stuff crowding your home, calendar, and mind? Do you wish you could say goodbye to the endless to-do list running around in your head? Want to declutter but don't know where to start? You're in the right place. Welcome to Mom's Overcoming Overwhelm, where you will find proven and practical solutions to declutter your home, head, and heart. Hi, I'm Emily, a wife, boy mom, and simplicity seeker. I struggled to get pregnant and felt overwhelmed until I discovered decluttering could create the physical and emotional space I needed to become a mom. Now two kids later, I've transformed my life and motherhood by developing simple systems around decluttering, capsule wardrobes, kid stuff, cleaning and tidying, meal planning, time management, and more, and I can't wait to share them with you. If you're ready to reclaim the time and energy you crave, be present with your kids, and finally enjoy the life and motherhood you so deserve, let's kick overwhelm to the curb, shall we? Grab your lukewarm coffee, your notebook and pen, and clear off some counter space. Let's do this. We are finishing up the five-day decluttering challenge in the free Facebook group, and let me tell you, these mamas are rocking it. It's not too late to join in. 15 minutes of decluttering a day for five days. Can you commit to making it a habit and seeing what changes you can make, supported by an amazing community? Come on over to tinyurl.com forward slash moms overcoming overwhelm, answer the membership questions, and let's do this. Also, I have some great news for you. My friend Julia from Rich and What Matters has graciously offered to extend the giveaway for her course, Declutter Your Life Now. If you leave a written review for my podcast, Moms Overcoming Overwhelm, on Apple Podcasts between January 4th and January 11th at midnight Eastern Standard Time, and this is the important part, send me a screenshot by Instagram or Facebook so I know who you are, you will be entered into a drawing to win all of the videos. As a reminder, this includes... So much great content, including an in-depth video tour of Julia's minimalist home and all of her best tips. But you have to send me the screenshot of your review because otherwise I just see your Apple ID name like Happy Mommy 321 or Five Kids No Naps, and I have no idea who you are. Okay, let's dive into today's episode. I recently read the book Messy Minimalism by Rochelle Crawford, and I really loved this quote. 
It's important we remember as we create minimalist homes that we are not raising minimalists. We don't get to decide that. We're simply raising kids in a minimalist home. You can substitute simple or decluttered if you don't like the word minimalist. The point is that we don't get to decide what our kids love or what is special to them, even if it seems like everything is special, but we do get to decide the boundaries around what is in our home, the environment our kids are growing up in, and the values we are passing along to them. So with that in mind, let's dive into my three tips around getting kids on board with decluttering. Tip number one is that we always model the behaviors that we want to see first before we touch anything that belongs to our kids. Now, of course, if you have a kid that is three, maybe four and under, you can make many of the decisions on their behalf. When they outgrow their clothes or they haven't touched a book or toy in several months, you can declutter them oftentimes without the kids even knowing. But when they're old enough to have an understanding of what is theirs, what they love and what they want to keep, we have to be very careful to model the behaviors that we want to see in them. If you have a set day that you go to the donation center every week, bring them along. Let them put books in the donation bin at the library. If you decide that you no longer want an item of clothing, a book, or another personal item, talk to them about why you are donating it. Here's an example. I used to wear these high-heeled shoes all the time, but now that we're always at the playground together, I don't really need them anymore. I can't wait to donate them to someone else who will use them. If your kids are old enough that you want to include them in the decision-making process of their own stuff, translate your own why to their situation. For example, remember when mommy had those shoes I didn't need anymore? You've outgrown the sweatshirt, so let's pass it along to another little boy who can wear it. As we are modeling behaviors, we are also modeling the values that we want to pass along to our kids. I am going to link to an Instagram post I did a while back about eight minimalist values I want to pass on to my kids. They include generosity, gratitude, importance of boundaries, confidence, stewardship, courage, curiosity, and self-control. Of the entire list, generosity and gratitude are the most tangible. By letting go of what we no longer need and sharing our excess, we are being generous with our resources. And when kids are less focused on getting the newest, latest, and greatest things, they can be grateful for what they already have, as well as what they may receive from others. Our kids may also have other values of their own that we can tap into when we talk about decluttering. If they are willing to sell a toy on Marketplace, let them use the proceeds to go toward an experience if they love travel or doing things together as a family. If you have an environmentally conscious kid, talk about the benefits of donating items so that others don't have to buy new, as well as resources like Buy Nothing Groups, where communities come together to share resources. Tip number two is that boundaries will always be important in parenting, but especially when it comes to kids and decluttering. In episode six, we spoke about the container rule, which is that we determine the space we have for something, then fill it with the things we need, use, and love first. We then can add things we like, but when the container is filled, it's filled, and we donate the rest. The same can apply to kids. Physical boundaries show them that they have limited space for certain things, or put another way, there is not unlimited space in the home that you all share as a family for their stuff. Again, I'm going to link to a reel that I did about physical boundaries in my kids' rooms. They have a cork board on their wall for the artwork they want to display, 
and they also have a shoebox they use for treasures. I use that term loosely. All the trinkets they get from school, birthday parties, Halloween, the dentist, you name it. Once the container is full, they have to make decisions about what stays and what goes. Now, if you have kids who think everything is special, every craft, every piece of artwork, everything they've ever created, then you may want to consider creating a purgatory for stuff when it first comes in your door and you're not sure if they're going to ask about it. Keep it in a hidden location for a few months until you're sure they're not going to ask about the random craft from vacation Bible school, for example, and then you can decide to either take a photo of it, scan it, or just pitch it. I'm going to link to another reel I did when I talk about my kids' artwork purgatory in more detail. If your kids are having a hard time with the toy boundaries, but you observe them and know that they aren't playing with certain toys much at all, you can hide them temporarily and see if they ask about them or try a toy rotation. That way they don't have a cluttered environment, but you haven't just gone and donated everything without their input. You can then make the decision whether you involve them in the decluttering the item or you just do it on your own. My last and final tip, tip number three, is to remember the impact that clutter has on your kids and recognize that you are helping them to be less overwhelmed by their stuff and their choices. I'm going to talk in a future episode about choice overload and decision fatigue for us moms, but it applies to kids as well. If we are ensuring our kids are brushing their teeth, eating a vegetable once in a while, and getting adequate sleep, we need to understand that clutter is visual and tactile stimulus overload, and that too many choices between stuff is too much for their developing minds. I'm going to link to an article in the show notes about the science behind giving kids too many choices, and how too many choices ultimately impacts how invested they are in what they choose. I know from my own experience, when I ask my kids, what do you want to eat? They respond, I don't know. But when I say, do you want chicken nuggets or PB&J? They make a decision much more quickly and confidently. When you limit the stuff your children have in their home environment, you are not only helping them to more easily process what is going on around them, but you are helping them make decisions, gain confidence, and feel like their home is a safe haven rather than an overwhelming place. I did an impromptu mini interview with my two boys I thought you would enjoy to see what they think about decluttering and what they have learned. For reference, my boys are four and six at the time of this recording. Hi, Sean. Hi. Thanks for talking to me. Okay. Okay, so sometimes when we know we're getting new toys in, do I ask you about toys you already have? Uh, like whether you want to donate them? Yes. Okay, and what do you usually say? No. <laughs> do you sometimes say yes? Yes. Okay, and then who do those toys go to? I don't know. They go to other kids. So when we donate things, they go to other kids that don't have things, right? Yeah. Okay. And do you like the number of toys that you have? Yes. Okay. When you know your birthday is coming up and then mommy says, we need to find homes for the toys you're going to have, is it easy to find a home for where they're going to go in the basement? No. What do we have to do so that there's space for them? Clean things. Yeah, clean things up, move things around. Hi, Andrew. Hi. Can you tell me what donate means? 
donate means that when you when you have something that maybe your kids don't want and you give it to another parent that maybe some their kids really want and they don't they really want to do it just like right now and they and then and then maybe if if your kid has that maybe you should just look if there were any people that are donating the thing that you like the kids want now does mommy ask you sometimes if you want to donate things yes are there things that you don't really play with yes well sometimes it, this is very rare but but sometimes i want to play with blocks but you already donate them but and that's okay mm-hmm. but you got over that pretty quick right yeah oh boy they are fun. So to recap, all kids are different and there is no one size fits all approach to getting kids on board. But by modeling the behaviors of decluttering as well as what we are bringing into our homes and why, teaching kids about gratitude, generosity, and other values by involving them in the decluttering process, setting boundaries around their physical stuff, and recognizing how clutter and an abundance of choices impacts their well-being, we will be well on the path to teaching them the joys of living with less. I hope this episode blessed you. If so, please share it with a friend and feel free to join the free Facebook group at tinyurl.com forward slash moms overcoming overwhelm. Next week, we'll be talking about the connection between choice overload, decision fatigue, and overwhelm. I'll see you next week. Bye for now. If you liked today's podcast, here's what you can do. Just take 30 seconds to leave me a review. I know you're a busy mama. You're overwhelmed, in fact. But 30 seconds of your day makes such an impact. I'll be blessed by your words. They'll definitely make my day. And who knows, you might be entered for this month's giveaway. An Apple podcast, scroll down to write a review. Thanks so much for your time. I'm so grateful for you.